Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by the UPS Store Canada. It's season five of the Standing By podcast, and it's time for another episode. I think Ted, that's Ted Bird. I'm Terry DeMonte. Uh, Terry and Ted, Standing By podcast. Already said that. Off to a bad start. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going, though. There's Let's no turning back keep now. Pushing on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ted is here with a blouse on, so I'm, I've been throwing that's off. That's true. Hey, you, I didn't wear a t shirt. I a, wore a blouse. Yes, you had a, yeah. a Facebook posting uh, earlier this morning as we record this. Where uh, someone accused you of wearing a mohair sweater on uh, on Alan Hill and Hill and yeah, because I posted a a Facebook Live video of me blouse free, yep. getting my exercise <laughs> in on Alan's Hill. Do you want to tell the the uh, tit story before well, we get I, started? I suppose we could. Yeah. yeah, like I only showed from like you could basically only see from my shoulders up, and I said I'm not showing any more than that because my son Sam FaceTimed me yesterday, and I was sitting on the. Uh, on the gallery with my blouse off and Sam laughed out loud. And I said, what's so funny? And he said, your tits. <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah. 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 My 23 year old gym rat son yeah. <laughs> laughing at my 64 year old body. You know what? You're going to look I, just I, I, like me. I was going to say his day will come. Yeah. <laughs> we have a guest in the studio that we don't want to keep waiting, but before we continue, um, as we always love to say, we can't do this without the dog barking down the hallway. <laughs> we can't do this podcast without the, um, the support of our sponsors. You know, I, now that I'm on the other end of the country, there's a little bit of expense involved. We, we're not doing this for the money. Ted and I love to hang out. I miss the microphone. Um, uh, but we get some nice support from people who believed in us in a very long, for a very, very long time, for many years. And we want to start by thanking our title sponsor, the UPS Store Canada. Ted and I were just in front of one on the West Island earlier this morning to record a little video for the podcast. It's one of over 370 locations around the country. And the UPS Store, when you see the UPS logo, you think of the the brown trucks and the packages they ship. But the UPS stores are so much more. First of all, they're all independently owned. So there's an entrepreneur in that store just like yourself. So if you need help running a business, whether it's shipping, printing services, uh, packaging services, if you need another mailbox for your business, they do that. Passport and ID photos. If you have to shred documents, 
I won't ask any questions. They can handle that for you too. Um, it's a, really a one-stop shop if you run a small business or if you've got some stuff that you need to move across the country like we did a couple of years ago. There was leftovers after the movers left, and we went to the UPS store and got everything packed up um, by the helpful people there and uh, had it shipped across the country. No problem. The UPS Store Canada, title sponsor of the Standing By podcast. Thank you to David and the people there. Ted, would you like to introduce our guest? Our guest is a friend of yours and mine, and I actually met Steve through you. I don't know if you remember yeah, the story. Do you right. remember the story, yeah, Steve? Yeah, that's a twist. Yeah. yeah, Steve Gregory is a Montreal businessman and a tireless advocate for military remembrance and also uh, in helping uh, military veterans today. And uh, Steve, um, well, I'm going to let Steve tell the... First of all, welcome, Steve. Yeah. Thank you very it's, much. It's Thanks great for coming to have in. you here. Thank yeah. You. Well, let's, let's start at the beginning then. Tell the story about how you met Terry and then how you and I met through Terry. Uh, I think we met on the street, actually. It was uh, at a parade. I think I waved at him and it got his attention. And uh, at uh, not weeks later, uh, I'm sitting at a, a mess dinner. Uh, I had, uh, by that time, got heavily involved with the armed forces, and Terry was at the mess dinner at the Canadian Grenadier Guards. And we had a nice chat, and... Uh, uh, yeah, I think we talked about your son that night, we, eh? Your son was, was doing a project. That's right. And that spurred the conversation about the military, and then that's right. I told you about Ted and his fascination and interest in military. And well, you did more than that. You actually brought me on the air very shortly after. Oh, okay. And, uh, and uh, I'll tell you that, you know, as a civilian with no, you know, media exposure or anything, the, the opportunities that you gave me just to get the word out about Operation Husky... Uh, back in those early days, it was huge. Oh, thank you, Steve. And, I, uh, it was something that uh, that chair that I sat in offered those opportunities, and I tried to take advantage of them as much as I could. So I'm glad glad to hear it was helpful. It very much was. Yeah. Operation Husky is a remembrance project that Steve created uh, that honors the uh, the Canadians who served and sacrificed in Sicily during World War II. Operation Husky was the code name for the invasion of Sicily, in which the Canadians were. Uh, prominent participants. And Steve, you got interested in that because of uh, your son, Eric, and a school project he was doing and something that you discovered that didn't sit right with you. Yeah, that's Tell right. that story. Uh, my, my dad, who also served in the Second World War, had passed uh, a few years earlier. And uh, my, my mother had met a veteran and invited him over for dinner at that time. Um, and the, this fellow, who was a, an artillerer, uh, so a gunner uh, in today's language, uh, sat at the dining room table regaling my son Eric and I with his the story of his experience in Sicily. And as he was telling the story, I, I was surprised that I knew so little. You know, I thought of myself as somewhat cognizant of the Canadian experience in World War II, but I had no idea that we were in Sicily. Coincidentally... Uh, 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 less than a year later, I happened to be in Sicily with my family. And everywhere I went, I asked questions about the Canadians in Sicily. And they would look at me and say, ah, Americani, Anglais. And I would have to say, no, no, uh, can sono Canadese. We're Canadians. There was a museum in Catania, 26,000 square feet, built exclusively for the Allied landing. No mention of Canada. Jeez. In the cemetery that I visited later that day, 
It was August 1st, and four people had visited the cemetery that year. You know, in the little book. They've the got Canadian book Cemetery. The, the Canadian, Canadian War Cemetery in Ajira. In Ajira, yeah. Four people. Four people. And you were there in the summer, I assume. I was there in the summer. Now, Jeez. Eric, uh, you know, the, earlier that year, Eric had done a history project on the Battle of Asuro. So I went to the cemetery with the specific intention of, of paying my respects to a few of the people that Eric had done his history project on. By the way, Eric did... He won, he won a national history competition. Wow. Yeah. And, for that uh, project. For that project. Nice. Yeah, it was a big deal. A big deal. He didn't make the school newspaper, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a big deal at the time. A uh, big deal at the time. I was quite proud. Anyway, he, um, he wasn't with me at the cemetery. I was alone at the cemetery. And uh, as I was leaving the cemetery... Uh, it was a beautiful day. I had nowhere to go. Uh, everyone else had gone off to something else. And so uh, there was just me, a blue sky and a barking dog. And uh, uh, as strange as it sounded, a little voice came into my head and said, like, what are you going to do? You know, where are you going to go? You got nothing to do. And then the little voice said, well, you know, when was the last time this guy, the the headstone I was in front of, a fellow by the name of Private Bland. When was the last time this guy was remembered? So I went over to his headstone. I put my hand on the headstone, and I read his name and slowed myself down to read the full inscription, you know, because his parents wrote the inscription. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't want to be disingenuous. I didn't want to say, you know, thank you for your service and screw off. So I stood there for a minute. And then I went to the next headstone, and the next, and the next, and the next. And I left near four hours later. And as I was leaving the cemetery, I was really overcome with emotion, with a sense of injustice that all of these people, brothers, fathers in some cases, you know, people 26, 33, with four kids, you know, these people, we, we had asked them, to send themselves into danger. They were all volunteers, 26,000 of them. We sent them there to uphold values that we purport to hold dear, freedom and liberty. We, we tell everybody it's important. And we sent them there. And they didn't come back. They paid the ultimate sacrifice. And my belief is there's somewhat of a social contract. You, you put your life on the line for others. We'll remember you is what I sort of think. And here we had forgotten them. And is that, Steve, is that a, a consequence of um, the lack of attention to the history uh, of what Canadians did over there and the price that was paid? I mean, everybody, I think most Canadians know what Juneau Beach is. That's right. But that's where it ends. Yeah, yeah. Is Do you think that that has something to do with it? Yeah, certainly. Like 11 months after, so we landed on Operation Husky. The invasion of Sicily happened on July 10th. June 6th, so 11 months later, we're in a big war. Now, 15,000 Canadians landed on June 6th, so more landed on the 10th. But within 10 days or a month, there were 100,000 Canadians in, in Normandy. There were 100,000 Canadians in Sicily, but it took months. So the scale of the, the action was, was really much greater in Normandy. And as a result, Normandy overshadows everything. So essentially, the people who fought in Italy, have pretty much been forgotten. For instance, 
in Veterans Affairs in their strategic plan for the next 10 years, there's no commemoration in Italy. How None. is that possible? In Sicily or Italy? Because or Italy. a lot of Canadians fought and died in the Italian Almost mainland after the Battle of Sicily. Almost Including my great uncle, who I'm named after. There you go. You, you, he, he was lost in, uh, you have a personal connection to the Italian story. Yeah, he, was, he died New Year's Eve 1943 yep. uh, outside Ortona, Italy. And I've showed you the picture of me yeah, and my yeah, boy standing yeah. at his grave yeah. at the Morrow River Cemetery. I think I've showed you yes, that yes, picture yeah, too, yeah, Steve. Yeah. But th- those guys get some marginal mm-hmm. attention in remembrance. But the Sicily, uh, the guys mm-hmm. in Sicily just seem to have been completely what, what's swept hap- under the rug. What's happening in government that they've left this off the, the, the file? Man, I, I can't answer that. I know they're, they've got to be busy doing other things. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Do you think it's got anything to do with no more living connection to it? Like most of those veterans are gone now. You know, there's still guys our age who remember them as we were growing up. But your own father, I didn't know your dad served. I don't yeah, think he you did. ever he told me that. Where the did Air he Force. serve? Oh, was that right? Yeah, in the Air Force. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I have a deep concern about commemorations and their their and and our current the sort of current move to right off the past it just seems like the past isn't very important these days and it seems like what's happening today is most important well the past is important but they pick their spots yeah. you know what we did that was that was right and decent and good and heroic isn't as important as what we did that is perceived as being wrong we have and we yeah. have to atone for what we did wrong all yeah. canada's wrongdoings in yeah. the past that seems to be what we focus on now and that's fine, but let's have you know. Let's look at the whole thing. If we're going to look at history, let's look at all of history. And it, it isn't it isn't it important? Isn't it the responsibility of the generations who come after to make sure these guys aren't forgotten? I, I believe it is, and and so I can tell you that in my, my journey, I, I've been completely unsuccessful in convincing anyone in education to pick up anything that looks like, you know, the history of the Canadians in Sicily. So I, I dropped it. In 2018, I realized, you know, after five years of trying, it wasn't going to work. What did your efforts consist of, Steve? Like, what oh, was your approach? Oh, we built lesson plans. We, you know, sent, and who would you, take, who would you take them to? Oh, school high boards? Schools, yeah. High schools, school boards, individual teachers. Uh, and I don't think a single one of them got taken up, despite the fact that they were really, I th- think, really well done. Um, but I, I did hit on, I think, the best possible angle after a lot of, of uh, failures. Um, in 2018, so we went back to Sicily again after 2013. So 2013, we walked the 325 kilometers. That was the 70th markers. anniversary. The 75th, we go back, a yeah. smaller group, but we do the same thing. And it dawns on me. What I wasn't doing was I wasn't explaining to our youth why these men fought in the first place, why they died. And... So I go back to those values, peace and liberty. So we need to remember that these men went to a foreign country that was was horribly oppressed under the yoke of fascism and Nazism. They were starving at the time. Now, we were invaders, but we were received in many of those towns as liberators because we brought food, desperately needed food. So these men witnessed firsthand the impact that they would have 
through their sacrifice, the impact that they had, both negative, they saw civilian casualties, but they also saw a rebirth of this, this state. So it's been my endeavor over the course of the last few years through the creation of the International Forum for Peace, Security, and Prosperity to explore the impact of our military, the necessary, the value that our military brings to our society in maintaining peace. What is our role in, in peacemaking and peacekeeping and the sustainment of peace? And now, now schools are opening up. So I have a chance to bridge the concept of peace with the reason why people would fight and die for it. Let's sorry, Terry. Go. If you, if you. <laughs> they've been more they've been more receptive to the idea of the peace conference than they have been to the idea of the of the oh, Operation Husky Remembrance Project. Absolutely. Well, that's 100%. good. That's something yep. anyway. Yeah. Start, well, yeah. it's it, it's a crack in the door. We've got to open this door. Yeah. What does it tell us about our society if we do not honor those people, our parents, our grandparents, those people upon upon you know, our success sort of stands upon their achievements. Yeah. So how do we just wipe that off and say, that wasn't very important. They didn't really do anything. You know, we're the superstars. Well, we're not. We've yeah. made many references to Operation Husky, but there's people, I'm sure, listening to the podcast who don't know what that means. What yeah. is, can you explain what Operation Husky is? Sure. Uh, 11 months before D-Day, so July 10th, uh, the Canadians are part of the Allied armies, the Americans, the British, and ourselves, who invaded Sicily to open a front in the, the south of Europe to bring the, the Nazi troops from northern Europe, from specifically right. France and Belgium and Holland and so forth, and, you know... Draw them down. Draw them down, yeah. exactly, into Italy, and essentially knock Mussolini, the Italians, out of the war. And Sicily started on July 10th by September 23rd, they're, the Italians are out of the war. So we were highly, highly effective. And the Canadians in particular, really, we punched above our weight. We were only 26,000. And yet Montgomery said of our contribution that his Canadians, you know, he felt that much pride, his Canadians, he, he believes, had ended the campaign. It was with our efforts. The campaign was five days shorter than it otherwise would have been. That's tens of thousands of dead saved. And today... The commemorative walk you do yes. is called Operation Husky? Operation Husky. Let's explain what that is. Okay, so uh, unfortunately for us, the as I mentioned, 26,000 Canadians, imagine we're all on ships coming from, from Scotland. The Americans are coming from the United States and from Africa. The British are coming down from Scotland. Well, three of our ships get sunk. And on those three... By U-boats. By U-boats. Yeah. And on those three ships are 500 trucks. So our troops land on the beach and have to walk into battle. And if you've been to Sicily, you know it's not flat. So we decided that a way to honor them and to connect our youth with peace was to create something called the Walk for Remembrance and Peace. So we will walk on July 10th from the beach to each of the 23 towns. And as we walk, we're going to place markers, like this marker that I'm holding in my hands, one for each of the men that died. And on it, it says in Italian, it says here, Il 6 luglio del 1943, il warrant officer class 2, Matthew George Petz, RCAF 40th Squadron, 
Mori non, la, non lontano di questo luogo, possa la sua anima riposare in pace e il ricordo del suo sacrificio vivere sempre in noi. So, this soldier died not far from this spot. May his soul rest in peace and the memory of his sacrifice live on in us. Yeah. And the reason it's written in Italian with the Italian bandieri is the Italians didn't know. Yeah. I had to tell them. Right. Il sangue, the blood, the the me compat me con nazionale, è qui in la vostra terra. It's here in yep. your 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 earth. They didn't know. They called us American. Now they don't. Yeah. You know, uh, we've you know, we've got literally hundreds of these markers all over Sicily. In fact, the Americans and British contingents have now picked up this story. They've signed MOUs to operate using the same ideas as our Walk for Remembrance and Peace. And this summer, I'll take back hundreds of Canadians and 20 of us or so will walk the whole 325 kilometers and we'll plant, we hope, 754 markers. And there's nothing like a walk in July in Italy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I've always Jesus. said, I've gone twice. I went in yeah. 20, I think I did 2018 wow. and 2019. Yeah. And uh, that's how I got started on the hill in Baderfe because yeah. before I went, Steve said, You've got to train. You've yeah. got to do something. Find some hills to walk up and down because that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah. And I thought to myself when we were over there in the July heat, and you know, I thought to myself, those Canadians in 1943, they did this in those thick wool uniforms yeah. carrying, I don't know, what were their packs and what did their weapons and packs weigh, Steve? Well, 60 pounds maybe? They, they actually were given shorts and and That's cotton true, uniforms yeah. oh, were on, they? on oh, the good. ships, yeah. Except that wasn't really very helpful because if you've walked through the fields in Sicily, you know that you would shred your knees in a minute in the the sharp grasses and the rocks. I mean, it was completely inhospitable terrain. Yeah, and on top uh, of that, Germans are shooting at them. That's and right. meanwhile, we're walking around, and I'm going, "When do we get gelato?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you've ever been lucky enough to be in Italy, you you know about the heat. The heat is punishing, punishing, punishing uh, at that time of the year, and especially in Sicily because you're so much farther south. And uh, well, we have it figured out. Right? You do. Yeah, we we start at sun at, at sunrise. Right. All right. So just before the sun comes up, we got our little headlamps on, and, yeah. and we're heading out there. More. In, most of our walks are about twenty kilometers, but five days we walk two walks so our longest day we'll walk 34 kilometers yeah but we'll do 310 stories like we'll climb it's like climbing 310 stories uh, over the course of that day what motivates you to do this steve it's clearly a personal passion but where, where does that come from it's just the right thing to do i mean uh, the RCR, the Royal Canadian Regiment, that I'm very close to, they're they're beautiful folks. They have a they have a a motto, and that is never pass a fault. And uh, we as Canadians, you know, if we want a great society, we got to fix things that we see that are broken. We got to step up and fix them. You just can't go, oh, it's broken. It's not my problem, and move on. And this was one of those situations. I left that cemetery. And I felt a, a, a very, very deep personal commitment. I, I had to bring us back there and remember those boys. Are the locals starting to understand? Because you've been there how many times now? 17. Okay, so every July 
Do they come oh, out? Oh, the in? official trips. How many of the official yeah. Opaski trips have yeah. you done? Four. Well, including three or the four? peace. Well, three. Uh, this is my. This will be yes. Three peace walk. Uh, sorry, three Operation Husky projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, on top of that, I've done three peace forms. Um, and you're always over there in between organizing things, so, um, right? Usually I go in November to pitch high schools to get the high schools engaged. Yeah. We seem to have some construction going on in the building, eh? So, All right. Uh, Our producer is going to look into it. Yeah. The uh, the pitching of high schools in in November that way I get them onto our conference our, our contest student contest, but I I can tell you to a- answer this question. I have never, you know, we all there's two questions we don't we don't ask ourselves often, and we can't answer if we were to ask them. We don't know our full potential, and we don't know the future. So when I looked at this project, the project was stupidly daunting. You know, I didn't have any network. I had never organized any fundraising. I certainly had never walked 320 kilometers. I didn't speak Italian. I didn't know. Like, it was daunting. And I had friends that said, you're crazy. (laughs) But they didn't know my potential, and they didn't know the future. So the, 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 the gift that this project has given me is... Well, if a little pimple on a donkey's ass, being me, can move this ball forward with the help of hundreds of volunteers, hundreds of volunteers. This year we'll have 65 volunteers, people committing time and resources and money. Ted's a volunteer. You know, we can do anything. Like one person can make a big difference. Have you you moved the needle there? Because my understanding from the stories that Ted told me was you were welcomed with open arms now. People recognize there's the Canadians making this trek, and you seem to be educating the locals about the not not just the battle and the sacrifice, but the, the commemoration, the annual commemoration. We're definitely on the map. The president of Sicily uh, at, a, at a conference, unfortunately, Americans and uh, British uh, uh, guests were in the audience when he said this, but... There's, you know, there's got to be 150 people in the room, and and he calls us out, and he says, "We'd just like to thank the Canadians for liberating Sicily." The guy from England was just <laughs> apoplectic. He just, yeah. he just. Yeah. Well, how many commemoration cry. marches has he done? Yeah. None. He's yeah. done that. Yeah. No, no, no. But they're they're really. I got to tell you, the Americans and British are really stepping up. And, and they've got their own things on the go. Uh, and, and again, it's just citizens. The beauty of this project is it's just citizens. That's it. And part of me, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that Veterans Affairs isn't stepping up. And, you know, I wish Global Affairs would answer my emails. And, you know, but I've got a lot of MPs who have given me flags. So I know that sounds like silly, but I got 10,000 no. flags over there. I was going to ask you, Steve, have you spoken to your local MP about getting... Some attention at those those uh, ministries. Uh, well, I'm I'm in touch with a senator, uh, okay. and a senator is working hard to get their attention. The senator at um, uh, this a senator in here, the Canadian Senate, yep. Tony Lafredo. Lafredo, yeah, and uh, and Tony is a, is a wonderful, a very active yeah, senator, is wonderful he ever. guy, yeah. and and he's connecting me. He's doing his best, but he's somewhat surprised as yeah. well, you know. 
And and recently, Canada had a little bit of a rift with uh, with Italy, you know, a yeah. policy difference, and uh, and so you know that's kind of made them a little re- less receptive to right. the media. But I'm convinced that we'll be able to draw them back to the values that have create such a strong bond between our countries. I want to talk uh, a little bit. We're going to uh, just take a moment here to thank a couple of sponsors. And when we uh, when we finish that, I want to I want you to let people know how they can get involved because you can get involved. And are you going again this year, Ted? I can't go you this can't year, go unfortunately. This year. Yeah. No, but I've, I consider myself fortunate that yeah. I've been able to go twice. Twice, yeah. But I'm going to help with the social media because right. they're gonna, Steve and his team is, are going to feed me content from there and i know the lay of the land so i won't be flying blind i'll know what i'm talking about when i post the material um let's take a moment to say thanks to our friends at uh, matla bonheur as uh, we've said uh all throughout the podcast and all the different seasons uh we love to deal with family businesses we love to deal with family locally owned businesses that have been serving the community for a long time and matla bonheur is one of those businesses that started with a small store on Gwen Boulevard in St. Genevieve. And by the way, that store is still there, and they've renovated it beautifully. But over the last almost 30 years, their passion for a better night's sleep has been served by the family that owns and runs the company. They have just such a great uh, ethos at this company. They love to deal with mostly Canadian suppliers. They're Quebec-based. They're Quebec-owned. They're family-run. When you go to the head office, well, you can't go to the head office, but I've been invited to the head office, and dad's in the corner office, and uh, one of the sons is in the store, and one of the daughters is running marketing, and there's relatives in the warehouse. It's a real family operation, and you get that vibe when you go into a Matlab on our store. You'll be treated with warmth and manners and welcomed uh, uh, with a smile, and then you can go about the business of choosing a mattress, which is pretty hard. They'll help you with it. But really, it's a great, great shopping experience. And buying a mattress isn't any fun. So why why confuse the notion of buying a mattress with walking around couches and lazy boys and washing machines? Uh, go to a place where they dedicate their whole business to a great night's sleep. That's my friends at Matlabonheur. Matlabonheur. .ca locations all over the greater Montreal area. Steve, do you still have your Fisker? I do. Steve has a car called a Fisker. It's an electric car, right? That's correct, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And it's it's wrapped, he has it wrapped in um, Respect Canada uh, logo, and that's another one of Steve's um, uh, projects uh, or initiatives that we can talk about a little bit later on. But I think you'd look good in a Jaguar. Don't you think Steve think would I look would good in a Jaguar? I, think I, I do. And I think Dina, your wife, would look good in a Land Rover. And I know exactly where you can go to get both. Yes. Jaguar, Land Rover, Laval. Speaking, Speaking of, of family, family business. business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nino and Renato DiCubellis uh, are the uh, the brothers who own uh, Jaguar, Land Rover, Laval. And they're the nicest guys you'll ever meet in the whole wide world. And you walk in there to this high-end dealership and you get down-to-earth reception and service. Uh, They're the nicest guys, and their staff are the nicest people, too. And it always, I always find it a little bit funny that two Italian guys are dealing these uh, 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 so obviously British brand (laughs) automobiles, you know? And I always wondered, who are they going to hope for in the World Cup? If it came down to England 
and Italy. Do they have to hope for the brand that they represent, or do they? I don't think so. I, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> There's something about Nino and Renato serving yeah. a spot of tea. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not going to happen, <laughs> yeah. eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you, if I may, the Italians have style, and so do Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got that right. You got that right. Uh, A beautiful product. And as we like to say, you know, the product speaks for itself. Jaguar and Land Rover, they're outstanding luxury brand automobiles. The difference at Jaguar Land Rover Laval is that down-to-earth approach that you get as a customer. If you are in the market for a high-end luxury automobile, do not buy anything until you go to Jaguar Land Rover Laval. The McLaren dealership is right next door. They own that as well, Steve. If you're looking for a $1.2 million McLaren... With a paint job that costs $100,000, I can hook you up. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> JaguarLaval.com and LandRoverLaval.com. So, Steve, let's talk about um, how uh, if somebody's listening to this and is moved by your passion for uh, commemorating the service and sacrifice uh, that happened over there, um, how can people get involved? Can they can they make a donation? Can they volunteer to come on the walk? What 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 can people do who are interested in this? So, first of all, the walk is open to anyone who wants to Anybody come. who wants to go. We, we start the walk on July 10th, and we go all the way to the 30th. And people can come for a day. They, they can come, and they don't even have to walk. They can just come to the commemorative ceremonies. I'm bringing over pipers uh, and drummers and a piece of Bailey Bridge for Leon Forte, where the first Bailey Bridge in World War II was ever deployed by Canadian engineers. So we've got a lot of events happening. Anybody can come and join us. A Bailey and Bridge? A piece of Bailey Bridge. Yeah, but for people who don't know what oh, a Bailey a p- Bridge is. Oh, a piece of Bailey yeah. Bridge. A Bailey Bridge is like a Meccano set. Right. If you remember Meccano yeah. sets from our youth, I don't know yeah. if they have many more, but... Uh, these, when you need a bridge in a hurry. In a hurry, yeah. 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 When you, you got to throw it together yeah, in battle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, they did that within the within the you know six hours. They had built a bridge and pushed it across a ravine, and they actually saved uh, the Third Brigade, uh, the Princess Patricia's Light Infantry, the Loyal Edmonton Regiment, and the Seaforth Highlanders were stuck in the town, a town called Leon Forte. The first house-to-house fighting in Europe happened in Leon Forte. Mm. Anyway, the Three Rivers tanks get to cross this this uh, this bridge, and uh, and we've actually got a piece of it and brought it back to to Sicily, wow. and are putting it in the town square as a monument. Wow! Yeah, in Leon Forte. Cool. In Leon Forte, it's, wow. it's 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 spectacular. So the moral of the story is anybody can join. They can join. It's free. Getting there, uh, of course, they pay their own way, uh, but they fly into Rome and they can fly to Catania inexpensively. Uh, and or they can join us on a tour. We have a little civilian tour. It's uh, I think it's eight or nine days, twenty eight hundred dollars, not including airfare. So it's very cheap. Yep. Um, and and they're going to see more than just commemorations in Sicily. They'll see all the big things. Now, do you walk on that? And does that include hotels and stuff? Uh, the twenty eight ninety five. Yeah, yeah, that includes wow. hotels That's and great. things. Oh no, it's insane. It's wow. really good. It wasn't meant to make any money. No, it's just meant to get people out. Um, if they come and they want to walk with us and stay for any period, they're welcome to do that. The cost is about a hundred bucks, hundred twenty bucks a day, but we're running out of space real quick. Really, eh? Yeah. Now they can, if they can't come, uh, they can, they can join us in a different way. These uh, these markers that I have, where we ask for sponsorship, so for to sponsor one of these is hundred and fifty dollars. You can. You just you can give us less. You can give twenty five, ten dollars. Every single cent. There's no administration cost. Every cent 
first of all, you get a taxable receipt for anything over $20. But uh, I can tell you that every single penny, because we're all volunteers, right. goes to pay for the pipers because we had to bring the pipers in and they're not free. Uh, and these monuments and plaques and wreaths, you know, we've got 53 ceremonies in, wow. in 20 days. So uh, they can sponsor one of these plaques on canadahelps.org. Uh, we can put the link up if, if yeah, yeah, for we sure. Can, we, we will do yeah, that. And, uh, yeah. and, you can also, you can go to operation Husky on Facebook or, yeah. um, well, I'll just say Facebook for now. Cause we're just getting our Twitter page, uh, yeah. rejigged, but you can see multiple posts with the, uh, with the link to where you can go to, to sponsor the yeah. marker and you can choose a specific soldier That's to right. honor That's right. uh, if you would like. And I know that people are, are, are choosing, Relatives or, right. or, uh, or friends exactly. or just someone they know specifically. That's right. And, uh, or you can just uh, honor, you know, the whole group just by sponsoring a marker. That's right. And, and I, I, I know from experience from knowing you, Steve, that when you say there's no administration charges, that's because head office is your house, right? You're looking after most of this. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, yeah much well, ta- how much time does it take? There's not enough time for Steve. No, I don't think for yeah. everything you do. I don't know yeah. how you run a business on top of everything else you do because Operation yeah. Husky is just one of many initiatives that Steve uh, has pioneered and runs. Are you one of those guys that like sleeps three hours a night and then does everything else the other twenty one hours? Listen, first of all, uh, I've been, you know, wickedly blessed with a family that's supportive, and I don't do anything alone. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I could name John Hannon, who's my right hand, who is absolutely tireless. He and I have an 8 o'clock call every morning. Bob Werbisky, uh, who's who's made all of the, the maple leaves. Uh, Vincent Ballure, who sponsored the the, uh, the Italian flags. Benoit Zion, who's carving. We bought the machine to, uh, to make these plaques because... I've got to stretch every nickel, right. like every nickel. Right. We, we're reusing everything. People are, are sending us old Christmas wreaths. We're reusing them. Like, wow. You got to, I mean, we're operating on a shoestring, and and I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. I was just going to say, Steve, one of the things I love, if, if you're not watching on YouTube, you can't see what we're referring to, so I'll describe it. It's, um, it's, a, it's a plain piece of wood. That stands about what was that four feet long, maybe four and a half, yeah. four and a half feet long, and on on it is the plaque with the Italian. Uh, everything is in Italian to honor the the uh, the dead soldier and uh, his family and his squadron. The Italian flag, and at the top is the Canadian maple leaf. And what I love about this is it's so simple and humble, which is what I think of when I think of Canadian servicemen. You know, and and the it's you know it's not flashy, it's not fancy, it's a simple and beautifully done uh, commemoration. Terry, I have to tell you that I have to tell you the the Italians have noticed this before we start our march on July tenth, a week before uh, the main church in 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 uh, Pechino will have a mass said for the civilian victims paid by Canadians. When we arrive at the town, before we go anywhere, we go to the civilian cemetery, quietly, with no cameras, no fanfare, 
we place a wreath at the civilian cemetery. We'll have a padre there. Then we go and honor our dead. Mm -hmm. We've never said, hey, look, we're, our, you know, we're your liberators. We've always said that our soldiers would have been of two minds. They would have been, they would have been devastated witnessing the tragedy of loss, the civilians. They, they saw horrible things. But they would have been happy that ultimately their sacrifice paid, paved the way for uh, a fully functioning civilian democracy, a prosperous democracy at that. So we didn't come there saying, hey, we're your liberators. We're, we're coming there in peace as brothers, mm -hmm. saying let's, let's remember all of our dead and remember what Remember the price of peace. That's really what this is all about. This is the price of peace. When things go wrong, and our world is getting very complicated, when things go wrong, I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's no fairness. There's only brutality and darkness and evil in war. When the Canadians landed, the first enemy troops they encountered were Italian troops. That's correct, yeah. And uh, until the Italians surrendered, uh, there was combat between Canadians and Italians. And clearly, as is evidenced by your uh, your project, and I've seen it myself being there, there's reconciliation. Absolutely. Has there ever been any thought given or any attempt made at inviting a, a German delegation to participate in Operation Husky commemorations? Because that's who the Canadians fought the bulk yes. of their battles against in Sicily. Yeah. We've First of all, we've, we've never visited uh, Sicily in an Operation Husky activity without going quietly and humbly to the German cemetery to place a wreath uh, for the German sacrifice. The, I'm very happy to say that the German defense attaché will be with us on July 7th at oh, our wow. peace forum. That's, that's really right. And, and we have, you know, it's a sensitive thing. We've, I, I've reached out to them over years, dozens of times. And the, the Germans have a, an incredible, they've got, more foundations than any other country that I know of investing in peace. Like they, they really put money into peace. Uh, but when it comes to remembrance, we haven't yet them, got them to cross the, cross that, that uh, frontier. Right. Um, but and, they're very active in the peace conference that oh, you have. They are there. In oh, fact, good. the German, German academies, two, two German academies will be present at our military our, academies. Yes. Yeah. They'll be, so they'll, German cadets in other words, that's military correct. cadets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they're our allies. I mean, yeah. they're, yeah. they're tremendously valuable I, allies. I'm, I'm, I'm don't mean to be flip yeah. or flippant. Um, but is it still a touchy subject? Yes, it for is. For Germans? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what Absolutely. I thought. Yeah. It's even actually a tough subject for many Italians. Yeah. Because there, there is a, a... Well, first of all, I believe the government currently in place in Italy uh, leans right, but nowhere near as right as as some you know media would, would profess. These people just want to govern a country effectively, in my humble view. Uh, there is an element you know, in Sardinia and a little element in Sicily that, that uh, you know, I've confronted. You know, uh, I was with Canadian veterans, uh, you know, decorated veterans, young veterans, mind you, thank God, in a, in an Italian... Uh, so um, you're talking about like Afghanistan veterans? When Afghanistan you say veterans, veterans okay. and Bosnian veterans, yeah. but, you know, fully decorated, yeah. um, where there was clearly some anxiety that was being caused by you know, one of the patrons in the bar who was saying, you know, what are these people doing here? They invaded our country and they're our enemy. Uh, but that, that is such a tiny little sliver 
of uh, yeah. of their society. It's not even worth. How many Canadian veterans of Sicily were you able to take in 2013 on the original trip? And if someone was 20 years old in 1943, in 2013 they were 90. I know of at least one that you took. Was there were there two. more? There were two, eh? Yeah, Bob Wigmore was the Hastings and Prince Edward Regiment veteran who had scaled Asuro and who met my son who was there in 2013. Eric was there in 2013, met him and gave him, a, gave him instructions before he scaled Asoro and gave him a hug at the top of the mountain. But the, the rock star for us then was a fellow by the name of Sherry Atkinson. Sherry was a captain with the Royal Canadian Regiment. His, his war ended with a, a, a near-mortal wound uh, at Nisoria on the 27th of July. I think he passed when we were there. No, he... he uh, Did no, he not in 2018 or 2019? He passed in 2019. We're, but was it when we were there in uh, May no. of 2019 or no? No? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I don't believe so, Ted. He, but, um, but his wife, Susan, very generously uh, sent us a package of eight neck coolers. Um, now, this is really serious because when you're yeah. walking 20 kilometers, yeah. uh, heat stroke is something you've really fight hard to yep. stay away from. And those neck coolers are invaluable. And I thought, I've got eight of them. Just so happens I've got seven Royal Canadian Regiment uh, uh, members with me. So each of them is going to get a gift from Sherry. Again, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be flippant, but I want to ask you for people who may be considering going, um, you know, there's a lot of people who've Love, you know, I've always wished to travel to Italy. It's a popular destination and for many, many good reasons. It's a beautiful country with, you know, wonderful and warm people and, um, and spectacular uh, food. Great. So, yeah. I was just going to say, could we not, not eat earlier though, Steve? Every time, <laughs> every night we were eating at 10. We'd sit down that's, to eat at 10. Yeah, that, but that's the Italian way. I you know. know they, they I discovered their, that. They have their siesta in the afternoon, they shut everything down. Yeah. And they amble towards dinner, and they go for a little walk. I, and th that actually was going to be my question. People who want to go on this, um, there's the serious side of it, the commemorative side of it, and, and the historical perspective side of it. But for people who are considering maybe jumping aboard the trip, um, is there any of that amazing food and locals and you know like yeah do you get to experience Italy all of in it that? i would say yeah, yeah. in my well, experience yeah. there's there's yeah. there's two we've got two types of of uh, adventurers and i'm going to call them adventurers because there are some that are, this is a pilgrimage yep and and for many of of the the guys that are closest to me this is a mission okay so it's not a holiday uh, but there are some people who are coming on our tour we have a civilian tour and that civilian tour is eight days, and you're going to see the best of Agrigento. You're going to see the Roman ruins at uh, Piazza Armarina. So you'll see Greek ruins, and you know, there's the seafood. And it's it's uh, they're really going to so, overdo yeah, it. Yeah, so it's an, a real Italian experience. It's, but I'll, I'll tell you, we're we're cooking all of our own meals uh, because we have to control our protein intake for the walk, and we're eating at five o'clock, not at, at ten. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I will come this time. <laughs> 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 but I can tell you, anybody that's interested, they just Excuse need me. to call me. And and if they want to come for two days or five or a week, they want to do a civilian tour, they don't want to be with us, you know, sweating in, in the in the hot sun, 
No troubles. You know, I would say that you're going to have the Italian experience and then some because Steve is so plugged in mm-hmm. over there. You're going to go places and meet people that you would not otherwise just as a as a tourist uh, going on your own. It's just uh, it's it's an amazing thing. Is is Sicily? Oh, I know the answer is no. What's different between Sicily and Italy? Like, is there any any of the Italian experience that you will miss in Sicily? And is there and and what would you miss on mainland Italy that you would get in Sicily? Is that a fair question? Well, you you certainly you're not going to see the Colosseum, you know. It, it, so Rome and Venice and and Firenze and Siena, you know, they're they're spectacular sites on their own. Uh, Pisa. Um, uh, Genoa, you know the yeah, Milan, Venice, uh, all of these, all but, of these Italian landmarks. But in terms yeah. of lifestyle and the people and it's culture, just, it's, it is, is it the it's same? Yeah. Very, very, very really, much eh? the same. Okay. It's it's more rural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it in the month that we're going, July, it will just be golden. Yeah. So it, there's a a beach is always an hour away. Yeah. All right. So you're you're close to the Ionic, the Adriatic. Uh, not the Adriatic, but the Mediterranean Sea. Like it's just, it's just spectacular. You you will see more Greek architecture. You'll see much of 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 uh, Sicily had had suffered some pretty serious earthquakes. So you'll see spectacular Baroque architecture in little towns like Noto and Avola that you would not see anywhere else. And the, 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 one of the other differences too is you move north south in the country is dialect. So you you know if you speak Italian and I don't, but my father noticed it when uh, I brought my family over there years ago. My father was from from the south, and the dialect in the south, when you move north, he had a harder time understanding the dialect in the north because it's almost like a different language. And um, the 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 reason I'm I'm uh, talking about that is not because everybody speaks Italian, but I know. It sounds to me like you're starting to speak Italian, and I wonder if you notice that, Steve. See, si. okay. Uh, oh, I've Mon- seen him in action over yeah. there. Steve can carry on yeah. a conversation well, with the best of them. Yeah, I've got sentences where people will compliment me on my Italian, but the truth is, I just smash words together. Right. So it's right. it's pretty terrible. But um, I can tell you that uh, when Sicilians speak to me in Sicilian, yeah, they know I don't understand a thing. <laughs> All right now, because you know, if they wanted to be unkind, yeah, they would just look at each other and start speaking Sicilian. Yeah, and all I can pick up is that guy isn't friendly. Yeah, <laughs> when you say yeah. Sicilian, is it just Italian but with a, a much different dialect? Oh, or? it's a, oh, yeah. it's it's, a, it's its own language. It's yeah. it's got a hint of Arabic. Is it it's, is it Quebec French versus France French, or even more? I think uh, it's oh, even no. thicker. Oh, yeah. much thicker. Different yeah, really. words, yeah. different wow. meanings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's take a moment to say thanks to uh, a couple of our uh, supporters here at TED. And uh, I want to start, because we've talked about them so much this week, because your car blowed up real good. Oh, boy. Um, our uh, good friends at the Merson, who unfortunately cannot help you with this disaster. They cannot, no. The uh, <laughs> the Bavarian money pit has uh, has ceased to be, Steve, yep. I'm afraid. Yep. Maybe it's for the best, though. I, I think yeah. it is. I yeah. think it is. Yeah. So I was actually uh, talking to Merson today, and I have, uh, I've got my eye on... Uh, on a replacement vehicle, but I have to get it inspected because it's not a new car. So I've made an appointment with the Mersons to go down and have a, a pre-purchase inspection. 
And the great thing about the Mersons, we talk about how trustworthy they are. And boy, oh boy, if you're getting a pre-owned vehicle inspected for purchase, you want to have somebody who, A, knows what they're talking about, and B, who's going to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So I have no qualms whatsoever about having that pre-inspection done by the Mersons. And if they say, looks good, yeah. I'll make Buddy an offer. And if they say, no, 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 no. You, you <laughs> took a vehicle there once and got the unvarnished truth. Yeah, 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 did I ever? Yeah, yeah. They said, I forget exactly how Celso worded it, but it was something about uh, that girl's been around the block more than once. Yeah, so, yeah, the Mersons are, you know, again, it's the family-owned yeah. business thing, and it's honesty and integrity and decency, and it's just the kind of people that you uh, – you want to do business with and you want to be friends with. And we're lucky, lucky enough that we're business associates and friends with the Mersons. Good people who do uh, good work and they've been in the business and a tough business yeah. for three generations. You can trust them. Mersonauto.com, Saint-Jacques, just west of Cavendish, 514-487-5545. Val will probably answer. Tell her I said Hi. I spoke to her today. She said, how are you doing? And I said, it's been surprisingly disaster-free so far today. <laughs> but <laughs> and, it's early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the day is young. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You actually, when you call this business, a person answers the phone. Yeah. Another rarity these yeah. days. Yeah, uh, Our thanks to the Mersons for their support, and our thanks uh, to uh, the gang at Voswin. We we went for lunch with, um, uh, with Sean. Um, because he called us and, and said, you know, I'm interested in being part of the podcast. And I said, I'm not so sure we can help you. Ted and I are a couple of knuckleheads who don't know anything about anything when it comes to mechanics or, you know, engineering or anything that has anything to do with science. And when we found out that Voswin is a company that will help you with your idea and flesh out that idea and help you get it to market. Take an idea, as I like to say, from your head into your hands. That's what Voswin does. And I said, are you sure? Are you sure we can help you with that? And apparently we can. We can, yeah. He's been getting calls from people with invention and innovation ideas that have an engineering component that they're not sure how to approach. And so they've called Sean and said, yeah, we heard uh, Terry and Ted talking about you yeah. in the podcast, and we think that maybe uh, you can help us out. You might know Sean. Sean Smith, Steve, he has a military connection. He okay. has a connection with the Black Watch. Okay. You'd probably know him to see him, I because I know that yeah. the military community is a small one, and, and if you narrow it down even further to the Montreal military community, I'm sure yeah. you know Sean. Yeah. He's a good guy, and uh, and like you... Do you remember my invention idea that I uh, ran past you Garlic a few popcorn. years ago? No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't say what it is because I'm still going to do it. Okay. And I'm going to okay. become a multimillionaire. I've run it by three people. I've run it by Steve. Yep. Um, um, Robin Burns. Okay. Yep. Who is the uh, the former uh, hockey I-tech. equipment. Yep. iTech. King of iTech. Basically pioneered the hockey uh, yep. um Shield, yeah, wow. the, the face shield, uh-huh. and built a, a hockey equipment empire. A and, great innovator and smart and, man. Yeah, and really well involved Montrealer and yeah. one of the nicest people on the planet. Yeah. yeah, and I ran it by him, and I ran it by Sean. Right, and uh, Robin, uh, I forget what Robin said. So I remember you, Steve, said your baby's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, but and, I subsequently locked that thought away <laughs> and thrown away the key. I can't remember that idea. Sean kind of went. 
But anyway, there's honesty for yeah, you. Yeah, there you, if you go. Come to him with, truth. Yeah, if you yeah. come to him with an idea and he doesn't think it's a very good one, he'll yeah. tell you. And maybe he can give you some options. Maybe he can, uh, maybe he can help you uh, innovate your innovation. Mechanical engineering and design, electrical engineering and design, industrial engineering and design, and software development. Voswin does it all. If you have an invention idea or, or uh, an innovation or something in your existing business uh, that needs to be done, has an engineering component, and you don't know how to do it or you're not sure how to approach it, Voswin.com. Ask for Sean and say, uh, remember Ted Bird, the guy with the bad idea? He said I should call you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to remind you, when your idea uh, is sold to Amazon for $80 million, I would like a ride on the private chat. Okay, no problem. Okay. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're chatting with Steve Gregory. Uh, Steve, um, I, I wonder about the, um, the future of Operation Husky. How long can you, how long can you go? So uh, I've obviously I've given that a lot of consideration myself, thinking, you know, what when I stop, what happens to this? Um, so to make sure it survives, uh, we built this 325-kilometer walking trail called the Walk for Remembrance and Peace. We've, we're launching on the 10th a guide, a printed guide, uh, with all the maps. Uh, a high school in Sicily put all the maps online for us so you nice. can download the GPS maps. So you can walk. It's like the Compostelo de Santiago. You can just do it on your own. Uh, it's a signed walking trail. And uh, the International Forum for Peace, Security, and Prosperity, which happens every year in the month of March. Last year, we had 33 countries, 37 military academies, London School of Economics. Like, we had some big shooters. The yep. Assistant Secretary General of the UN Peacebuilding Support Office. She was spectacular. Elizabeth Spayar, she opened our conference. So I'm creating, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that we've been able to create an event called the International Forum that as part of it, people will take a little walk on the Walk for Remembrance and Peace and, and keep the memory of our men alive. That's, you know, why am I doing this? Like, there's only one reason. I've often thought that if it was my son that passed... And my son is now a second lieutenant with the Canadian Armed Forces Reserves in the artillery. If it was my son or or my nephew or my brother or God, you know, my father, how long would I want to remember them? How long would I, I think it would be acceptable to remember them? How long would my effort be worthwhile? Well, the only answer to that is in perpetuity. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so I, I, I really feel like... It's important for me to anchor this so significantly that if I pop off tomorrow, that somebody else thinks there's an idea worthwhile enough to continue it. And there are lots of little obstacles in this, you know, like sometimes people are, you know, you, th you think you're going to get support and you're disappointed. But I keep remembering that the only people that I need to, well, the only people I feel I need to make happy are the guys that are up above, right. that are that no matter what I've done, they never complained. And no matter what I've done, they've always cheered me along. That's how I felt in my heart. I, I, wish, I wish more countries, including Canada, would follow the Dutch example. Um, and I only learned about this. The, my very, very first time I went to Europe, um, we, we ended up in Amsterdam. And the first place we went to, being our age at the time, was a bar. Yeah. 
and was sitting at the bar having a beer with Blair. And uh, the guy behind the bar was playing Rush. And we said, hey, you like Rush? And anyway, long story short, when he found out we were Canadian, there was no bill. And I didn't understand it. I thought, what? what is the... I mean, I know my history, but I didn't understand what a guy in a bar playing Rush at 11, you know, I mean, the volume 11, um, why he would want to buy us a beer. And I found out that in Holland, you don't get out of school. Um, elementary kids put candles on graves, um, you know, on the date of the commemoration of the liberation of Holland. Um, and... Canadians are revered there because it's taught in schools and it's passed on from generation to generation to generation. And it isn't uncommon for uh, somebody in Holland to say thank you to you. Terry, the Pipers I'm bringing over are the 48th Highlander Pipers from Holland. Wow. The At our ceremony on the 29th of July, Jimmy Hilgen of Holland will be conducting a candlelight well, ceremony in Ajira for the Canadians. Like, yeah. I mean, these people are amazing people, and yeah. we, we can't be, I can't, you know, I'm just not, I can't be grateful enough. No. You know, I mean. But they're, they're the, I think they're the example. You need to do more from the time kids are 10. I agree. Know, eight, nine, 10 years old. Yeah. People have to remember. How long do you want to be remembered? You know, like, I mean, yeah, seriously, well, you give that one thought. Like, who's going to remember you if you don't remember well, others? If you, you know, He's already just Sam's dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam Bird's dad. Well, you know what? Someone said something to me a long time ago that I thought was pretty cool, and I feel the same way about my own kids. Someone said, as long as you're alive, your father will never die. Yeah. So maybe that's why maybe we, there. Maybe that's why, you know, we instinctively uh, perpetuate the species. Because we want to keep ourselves, you know, it's kind of a selfish thing. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I know that if I have, if I procreate, then I'll still be alive through them kind of thing. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. That's a bad answer to your question, okay. though, Steve. No, no. <laughs> well, that's a great I note went off to on, end on. Yeah, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> Sounds like I just smoked a big fat one. You yeah. know what? <laughs> you know what? the species? Maybe that's what Elon is taking care of. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got yeah. that all worked oh, out. Yeah. Steve, I can't thank you enough. Well, i got to uh, thank I, the two of you. Yeah, I, I hope this uh, this episode of the podcast resonates with a lot of people who are interested in 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 this topic. And uh, and hopefully you'll get uh, some inquiries about uh, well, Operation Husky. I'll tell you, it's an experience of a lifetime. I know... You would agree with me, Ted? 100%. Yeah. You, you, you think about commemorations and, you know, it's it's maybe going to a ceremony on November 11th. This is nothing like no. that. This is, no. you're walking through a street where thousands of children are waving Canadian flags and the church bells are ringing and the Ooh, pipes boy. are roaring. Yeah. And it's really something And you're plugged into uh, people and an event where you're going to learn so much about what happened? It's not one of those things where you go and you look around and go, "I wonder what happened here." Yeah, you know. you're going to know. You're going to find out because yeah. uh, you know it's educational as well as inspiring and, and all the rest of it. Our thanks to Steve Gregory. The links will be up with this uh, episode of the podcast where you can uh, look further into uh, the, uh, uh, the Operation Husky. Thank you very 2023. much. Twenty twenty three. There you go. And our thanks to uh, I, uh, this season, I keep forgetting to thank Poseidon. Thanks, Poseidon. 
My pleasure, gentlemen. He's a producer and uh, also the guy that runs upstairs and tells the people upstairs to stop it. Stop with the drilling yep. of the cement. <laughs> <laughs>Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast has been brought to you by the UPS Store Canada, delivering more for small businesses in Canada. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.